What is up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry here with the Leader Swift Podcast. I'm so excited for my conversation today with Jay Warner Wallace. Jay, somebody, man, I followed for about eight, seven, eight years from when I was in college. He is an apologist, so he studies apologetics and, and teaches people that. But he also has such an interesting story. He started out on law enforcement and was a police officer and became a cold case detective into that. I, He's even got shows on on TV. It's so interesting. And then he came to know Jesus and started studying apologetics and used a lot of his detective police skills in apologetics and defending the Christian faith. So he has a lot of leadership in multiple sides, but also just an encouragement to pastors and leaders of why studying apologetics is so important. So I'm really, really excited for this episode. This is one to share with your friends, tag some people in, get them to listen to this because it takes it from so many different angles about leadership and apologetics, and and I really enjoyed it. So go ahead and share this with a friend, and we're going to jump into our conversation with Jay Warren. Warner Wallace. All right, what is up, everybody? I'm here with a special guest, Jay Warner Wallace. How's it going, Jay? Going well. Thanks for having me on. So, Jay, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and your leadership journey. Well, I uh, am. Uh, I worked for a number of years here in Los Angeles County, uh, California, uh, working as a detective, um, you know, police officer detective, and ultimately ended up being assigned to robbery homicide. And then I did a number, probably a decade, working cold cases, which are just unsolved murders. So uh, that was a, a great experience, and it was one of those. Um, I kind of think if you do anything and you try to do it as well as you can that you're going to ultimately be be pressed into some form of leadership, right? Because if nothing else. You're going to have partners and associates and coworkers who are going to look to the model that you've just laid in front of them, or the kind of the, the template of your work, and want to ask questions. You're going to end up leading in some aspect of your professional life if you just seek excellence, right? You just want to be do the best you can, and you'll make mistakes, and but people will see that and they'll want to come to you so they don't make the same mistakes. So I think in the end, one of the things that leads to leadership in these roles is just your effort to do the best you can do on any particular job. That's so good. Your story is so interesting. You, you were in the police department, you did cold cases, and then you really started studying apologetics. And if I believe uh, right, you are an adjunct professor at Biola University in apologetics, correct? That's right. Yeah. So a lot of it for me, I was not a Christian until I was about 35. So what led me into uh, studying scripture, I didn't have a Bible, I bought one when I was 35, uh, was just that I was used to reading these uh, supplemental reports um, from old cases, some of them are 30, 40 years old, and you don't have access anymore to the witnesses, and you often don't even have access to the report writers. So it's, it's kind of a similar, if you think about studying the Gospels, you're not going to have access to the people they're writing about, you're not going to have access to the writers. You're going to have to figure out, is there anything internally about the documents, about the record, that you could um, kind of work with to determine if it's true or not, determine if it's reliable or not. And so that was the skill set that I, I pressed into service. But you know, once you do that, another I think aspect of leadership too is, is if you aren't in a unique, and every one of us is unique in some way, if you leverage your unique uh, position in a culture, so let's say you're, you know, um, you're working as an electrician and you've got five kids, 
Well, you know, there's, how many electricians have five kids? And it, that you're in a small subset of the culture. And it gives you a unique insight. Uh, we love, for example, engineers in our jury trials. We love engineers on the jury because they're puzzlers. They have a unique insight. And so if you just take whatever it is that God has given you, that unique identity, and you begin to leverage it, well, you're going to end up leading people who resonate with that way of looking at the world. And so that's what happened to me. I, I eventually started sharing with others you know, how a detective's perspective might change the way you look at the New Testament. And that led to other opportunities to share those claims, to share those experiences. And then before you know it, you're leading lots of people, even if you never had any intention of doing so. Wow, that that is so good. Yeah, I think in, in the police department, there's so much leadership, especially as I look at where the culture has gone nowadays and, and what's coming out in the media. There's so many hard decisions. I think a lot about leadership is the decisions you make, right? In as a police officer and in, in somebody who works in law enforcement, it's a lot about the decisions. It can literally save your life, save your partner's life or somebody else's life. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you can have the ability, good decision making ability, but people still may not consider you to be a leader. They may not want to follow you. Know, the first thing you need in order to be a leader is followers. A person without followers is not a leader. Now, but the question is, who does we typically choose to follow? So, like, for example, we, we promote a lot of people, a sergeant, and lieutenant, and captain, and chief. And our chief is our leader. Uh, our captains are at the, the, the top level, the command staff, right? But if you put everybody out in the back you know, you know, lot of our agency in, terms, in some crisis, and we've got to look to somebody to lead us, it, it, we may not end up turning toward anyone who's been promoted. It might just be that you turn toward that, I don't know, 15-year officer who who's, has demonstrated his capacity to lead men and women over the number of years, but never chose to promote. So, so leaders are much more than just a, you know, a kind of an accomplished skill set or an education. Um, there's some intangibles about leadership, and what it really comes down to is, are you the kind of person that people say, yeah, I want to follow that person. And, and that's, that's, that's what makes a leader, is followers. Yeah, that's so good. I want to I wanna shift real quick because I think what you bring is something so important. Um, I meet, I'm a youth pastor. I've, I've been a pastor or in ministry for about 10 years now. And I mm -hmm. meet so many people in ministry who don't necessarily have a fundamentals of apologetics, how to necessarily defend their faith or teach others how to do that. Why is apologetics so important for a pastor um, to know and to teach to others? Well, a lot of it, and I'm going to say something controversial. Sometimes we don't, we're not as interested in this because this is this takes work. This is this is going to take some study. And even if you've got a seminary degree, which I have a seminary degree in, in theology, I didn't have a single apologetics class in that entire you know 72 unit degree. Um, I didn't have a, I think they didn't offer one at the uh, seminary where I was uh, going to school. Um, and this is probably still true of most seminaries. They offer very little in turn. Not think it's changing in the last five or six years because it has to, um, and, you know, you, if you, if you care at all about your kids, you better help them to defend what it is you say is true. Um, or because I, I guarantee you that, that the, uh, that the world around them is defending what they think is true and they're doing it with probably much better tools than you are. They're using TikTok and, and Instagram and all the media resources and the entire culture is aligned with them anyway. 
So, so they're going to have a much easier time defending a lie than you're going to have defending the truth. So it, I think that the, the, the passive kind of take-it-for-granted cultural Christianity is in the rearview mirror. I think for us going forward, we're going to be in a position where they're going to look scornfully. It used to be you'd say, I don't only like Christianity, but I do like that Jesus guy. Well, I tell you what, that's, that's changing. Um, Jesus taught a lot about moral ethics that this culture rejects altogether. Uh, he taught a lot about the importance of marriage, of, of, of sexuality, of gender, of you name it. Uh, these are things that are, come out of the mouth of Jesus. Um, and these are, you know, except, except for the teaching about the poor, uh, most everything else is going to be rejected. The sexual ethic of the New Testament is going to be more and more unpopular. So if your kids don't think it's true, then it's going to be easy to abandon this unpopular, untrue thing. It's harder to abandon an unpopular, true thing. And I think that's why we have to help our kids to, to be able to defend why it is true. Yeah, that's so good. You brought up such an interesting point with, with TikTok. Right, I was scrolling through TikTok, um, what I what I do at nighttime sometimes, and it's so interesting because you will see now TikTokers come out about why the Bible is wrong about blank or what what Christians get wrong about this. Like, it's so interesting to see on these social media platforms that people are talking a lot about about Christianity, whether that's in a negative or a positive light, but it's still a topic of discussion. Um, so I, th I find it so interesting that the culture coming up the, uh, that is, is Gen Z right now um, wants to talk about some of these things. I know for our high school ministry, we're doing an apologetic series next month going into East and that goes into Easter about like, like yeah. why, why did Jesus die for us? Like why, where's the proof in some of these things? Also, and I think it's so well, and, and you know, we, you and I were both. I was a youth pastor, also, and I was a lead pastor. And I'll tell you, as a youth pastor, we we have, we have some advantage because probably there's a good chance that the students who are in your ministry are still Christ followers. But the reality of it is, is we know statistically that when kids walk away from the faith, they don't do it in high school; they do it in junior high, and and that is really they've already decided by the time they get to me in high school. Now I had junior high and high school, so I had them early enough where I could I could start, and we. We dealt like with college level stuff with, with the seventh and eighth. We from all in the same room. We didn't, you know, didn't separate those two groups. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a, a really important thing to understand that the, the age of, of skepticism used to be around seventeen or eighteen, and that makes sense because you might go to college, you go into the workforce, and encounter people who hold a different view for the very first time. But now, the minute a young person gets the glowing rectangle in their hands, which they're going to either have from their parents or some of their friends are going to have a phone. They encounter that kind of skepticism on platforms like you've talked about. You know, we often think that somehow we're going to change the world politically. You change the world with the arts and with culture, and, and they've been working on that sphere. Um, so if you, for example, were to go on Netflix and look at the shows on Netflix, I'm a detective, so I go on and I'm asked by production companies in, like in New York to, to think of ideas for TV shows. So I watch a lot of what's out there to see what other people are developing, what other people are producing. And I'll tell you, if you were to watch, um, you know, like the ID channel, that's a positive view of detectives for the most part. But if you watch Netflix, that's a negative view. Every documentary is how detectives have falsely done something evil. And listen, a lot of detectives have done things that are not aren't right. So I get it. But but what I'm saying is the perception of law enforcement is dramatically shaped by platforms that are the most popular platforms that young people are watching. This is also true about sexuality and gender and marriage and and, and life and all the things that we uh, think are important uh, uh, principles to stand on, 
you can make that case all you want on a Sunday, but it, every single day they have that glowing rectangle in their hand. If they're watching these streaming platforms, they are getting a creative version of the opposite view that is incredibly powerful emotionally. So we have to understand that that's where the battle is being fought. I don't think we should retreat from that. I just think we need to understand that we need to, to participate in some way in that conversation. Yeah, that's that's so good. I think we we gave a lot for the listeners to kind of chew on and to think about. Thank you so much, uh, Jay. It, where where should somebody start? I think if someone's listening to this and they have not really studied apologetics, where's a great place for them to start? Well, there are great ministries out there. I'm a, an author, so our website is called coldcasechristianity.com. We've got almost a thousand videos and, and articles and, and things for you to read and watch and, and listen to in terms of our own podcast. But, you know, if you look at other ministries like Stand to Reason at str.org, like Cross Examined with a D on the end.org, these are great uh, public ministries that are out there providing materials uh, for free online that will help you to understand why Christianity is true. That's so good. Thank you so much, uh, Jay Warner Wallace. You were a treat to have on the show. Where can they find you online on social media? Yeah, we've got a phone app. This is the Cold Case Christianity uh, phone app for Android and for uh, iPhone. And we also are at coldcasechristianity.com. And we have a kids academy for 8 13-year-olds at casemakersacademy.com. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.